Please welcome your hosts for this evening. Lights, camera, what's the action? Welcome to Lights, Camera, What's the Action? It's the podcast about betting on film and television awards. I'm Tony Coca-Cola. Over there is the Professor. Hello, Professor. Hello, Tony. And hello, Max Wren. <laughs> hey, Tony. How are you going? I'm going very well. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the Critics' Choice Awards. But first, odds and ends. The Golden Globes have been done and won. How did we all do? Professor, let's start with you. Yeah, Tony, I kept it pretty simple. My man of simple pleasures, as you know. I had uh, three stakes. So I had Gillian Anderson. That was my highest conviction bet. Queen's Gambit and Olivia Coleman. So Anderson was the strongest gambit uh, with medium to high conviction and Coleman was um, was a lighter investment. So two out of the three won and profit on turnover, 48%. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right, Max Wren, how did you go? Uh, well, I had a mixed night, I have to say. I had a very, very mixed night. It was a, it was a night of highs and lows. It was a, a night of uh, wonders and, and disasters. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every Globes. Yeah. Just like every Globes, yeah. It's like what is going on sometimes. There were two moments of the what is going on, which I'll, we'll probably talk about in a, in a moment. The ones I missed, I missed with Seafried. Seafried went down. Obviously, that was a, you know, what is going on. I hit with Anderson, just as the professor did. Uh, one of the big hits, of course, was with Queen's Gambit. So that saved my bacon, I think, along with Borat and also Cohen. Mm. And my biggest miss... If uh, people have been listening to the previous episodes, was of course Carrie Mulligan. Mm. That was the disaster of the night for me. Missed on a couple of others uh, on smaller ones, but it was essentially uh, Borat, Cohen, Queen's Gambit, and Anderson that allowed me to squeak out, squeak out a profit of nine point eight percent. Oh my word! Got a leader. And uh, <laughs> Max, what price did you get for Borat? It was probably off the top of my head, two dollars and ten cents. Yep, yep. I'm looking at mine. I got Borat at three fifty and three seventy five. Yeah, I had three seventy five as well. Wow, not as a pod special, but it gave a bit of coverage to yeah. Coleman losing. Yeah. How long ago was that? Was this October? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was about two or three weeks ago, I reckon. Yeah, maybe two weeks ago. When did you start? Did you start in January? This is, this is a good question. Not for the Globes, for the Oscars. Oscars was certainly pre-January. I think the first bet I put on, I think it was Chicago 7 for picture. It was either that or it was Nomad for picture and Francis for actress after, when was Toronto this year? It was around then. Toronto's always in September. Yeah, that's well, that's when I jumped on after I got the audience award that and the, a good crit, I jumped on then. Yeah, Tony, I, I know we jumped into... Queen's Gambit at six dollars and three fifty December January yeah. before the nominations were announced, yeah. and it was uh, just delicious pickings there. Well, I had uh, for the Golden Globes eighteen bets going of of varying sizes. That must be a record a record for um, for Golden Globes for you. Stay away from the Globes, he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. I had a profit on turnover of 66%. Ooh. Well done, Tony. I had, yeah, good wins. Uh, like both of you, I had good wins on Gambit, on Anderson, 
on Borat and Sasha Baron Cohen. Shits, I rode the shits train. Unfortunately, I was on Eugene Levy as well. I didn't have coverage with Sudeikis. I thought it was going to be another sweep, and it was two out of three. And then after Emma Corrin won for a drama actress, I thought it was going to be a Charles and Die double. So I jumped on Josh. Brainwave. O- yeah, I jumped on Josh O'Connor, and I got him at a pretty good price. I got him at like two seventy-five. Wow, well done. Who was the favourite for that category at that time when you did bet that live? I think it was Bateman. Yep. Bateman and Matthew Reese was close behind for Perry Mason. And Ozark overlooked again. Ozark, always the bridesmaid. Yeah. But again, like you, I missed big on Mulligan. And I missed on Bacalova. I was heavy on Bacalova as well. But what does this all mean for the Oscars? My goodness. Well, I've run some numbers. Best actor and best actress. It's it's kind of difficult to judge with the Oscars because they split the categories, obviously, for the Golden Globes. But if you win... Either best actor, the drama category or the comedy category. 10 out of the last 10 years, you win the Oscar. So it's down to Bozeman. According to these uh, figures, it's down to Bozeman or Sasha Baron Cohen to win the Oscar. More extraordinarily, actress, 10 out of the last 10 years. If you win either globe, you go on to win the Oscar. So is the wow. Oscar winner is the Oscar wow. winner going to be Andra Day, which was oh my god, the biggest upset of the night, surely, or Rosamund Pike? Ten out of the last ten years, the Oscar winner has come from a Globe winner. That's that's a remarkable stat. I yeah, and I can't I can't see it continuing. How did Andra Day snag? The Golden Globe. How did that happen? What was she paying? Like fifteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen, fifteen. It wasn't even in our conversation. No, no one predicted it. She was the longest shot, right? She was yep. the longest yes. shot of all of them. I'm, I'm going to be wildly cynical and, and say it was a response to the, w, the LA Times piece. Ooh, just an over overreaction on diversity and picking on that up on that sort of indicator and the, the follow through of what we might expect to see in the Academy Awards. One of the things that's quite striking is that Day is not even nominated for a Screen Actors Award. No, no. So we know there's an eighty percent correlation there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm like Max. I just just throw it out. Yeah, it's an anomaly. I think yeah, that 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 really knocks her out of contention. And she's mm. she's paying three dollars fifty. She's paying three dollars fifty. I think that's mm. crazy. She's gone with a rocket. Like if if she's paying twelve dollars, okay, all right. Put something on that. Yeah. But $3.50? No. I could see her now getting nominated. She's got a bit of attention and a fair bit of media coverage as a result. But, yeah. There were some other good stats coming up for Golden Globe winners, supporting actor. And these are good because these haven't been split between drama and comedy. Eight of the last ten Golden Globe winners have gone on to win supporting actor. So I think Kaluuya, as I've been pushing, I think he's the lock. And supporting actress, nine of the last 10 years, the Golden Globe winning supporting actress has gone on to win the Oscar. So Jodie Foster, she has a very good stat going her way, but far out, she was probably the second biggest shock of the night. Yeah, that and her pyjamas, I think that was the... Well, yes, pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> and do, do you think the Academy are going to want to correct the course of, of some of these aberrations? That you know, Foster might might get a look in or, or, or a nomination, but there there won't be that that result of you know ten out of ten that you're speaking to, Tony. The Globes, I think we mentioned this last week. The Globes do what they do, and they're sort of quite proudly defiant in running their own race. And mm. 
I think Day is a product of that and Foster will be too. Mm. I don't see their success continuing beyond the Globes. I'm, I'd be interested to obviously be interested to see the film, the Billy Holiday film, but I haven't read anything about the, the crits on the film and the, the response to the film itself. I've read some crits and it's all the movie's not so good, but the performance is outstanding. Mm. So it's one of those. Yeah. That that's okay. Then you know, if if like if the movie is bad, then that that makes it very very hard to get a nomination, even if your performance is really good. I think. But if the movie is okay, passable, then that that's good enough to get a nomination. If you know, if uh, if there's enough momentum behind it. Um, but uh, I I was just stunned. I was just stunned by the Andrea Day. Less so with Jodie Foster, I think. Uh, even though I think she was. Was she like fourth favourite out of the five or something? Yeah, she might have even been fifth favourite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, well played, Tony. 18 bets. That, that's impressive. Oh, dear. I mean, I put something on another round uh, just in case and then Wolf Walkers just in case. So there were some, a few silly ones in there. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I was happy with my return. None of the other winners for the Globes provide a decent indicator for the Oscars, not as much as actor and actress and supporting actor and actress. So there's not much to talk about there, but what it's done with the Oscar odds is just, there are so many categories now that are just completely unbackable. Mm. Picture is probably unbackable now at 150 Nomadland. Director is really unbackable at 120. Actor, Bozeman, he's 115, 112. Supporting actor, Kaluuya, 162. An adapted screenplay for Nomadland is 145. So absolutely unbackable categories already. But what happens? What, what, what happened, I think, with, with Andrea Day winning the Golden Globe, that allows value on Carrie Mulligan. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think there's still yeah, plays to be made for actress, supporting actress, and original screenplay. You can still get Mulligan at three at tab, for the Oscars, which I think is pretty good. Supporting actress, I truly have no idea <laughs> what they're going to do. Mm. Closest favourite everywhere at 275. Safe Read is still in the conversation at three. Yeah, I have really have no idea what's going to happen. There. I need some more awards to be done and dusted and figure that out. But the original script, yeah, Chicago 7 is very short now, 157. Promising Ormond, 375. That's almost becoming unbackable. I don't think... That's the lock that the bookies say it is yet. I think with Best Supporting Actress, if my gal gets up, uh, Yun Yong Jong, with the Critics' Choice and then the SAG, then I think she'll you know, take a pretty commanding short price favourite for, uh, for the Oscar. You got it for $7 or thereabouts, Max? Yeah, I, I loaded up mm. at 7 then a little bit more at six fifty. <laughs> yeah, and she's currently paying 4 so that was a nice bet. Right, what have we been watching? Max, have you been watching anything besides uh, your bets going down the toilet? At the <laughs> no, we I watched the Golden Globes, and and I was I was a surprise. Oh, we all watch the Golden Globes, I guess, in various various formats. But uh, I watched the entire coverage, and uh, it was interesting to read Variety and the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline and, and some other places, and just how savage they were. They really went for the awards and just criticised it to the nth degree. But I thought. They pulled it off well. I thought it was lively. Uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did incredibly well. There were some really funny lines. Like the, for mine was the introduction of Joaquin Phoenix as an ex-mousketeer and an all-round silly billy. <laughs> I think 
That was a great one. <laughs> the issue was that it went far too long. I was texting with the, the professor after one hour. I think they had given out five awards out of the 25, and I was getting really worried that this was going to turn into a, like a four-hour extravaganza, particularly with the two kind of legacy awards given out. But yeah. uh, I think it was very long, but, but I think it was entertaining overall. Professor, what have you been watching? Yeah, so I've been doing my uh, homework, gentlemen, on the best international uh, category, and so working my way through through that list and caught the the second favourite in that category, and I'll try and pronounce it and get it wrong. Uh, Kuo Vedis Ada. Uh, so if you enjoy simple pleasures like butter in your ass or lollipops in your mouth, in my mouth, thank you. <laughs> this is not your movie. Uh, so it's a story of um, a main character, a mother who also acts as an interpreter for the UN. And the army is closing in on a safe territory. She's got two boys and, and, and a husband in that safe territory. And it just follows her around uh, in doing a job. And they're trying to protect her family. But outgunned, outmaneuvered by the approaching army. Really intense, foreboding film without giving away what, what happens in the end. My sense at the moment, just in that category, is that another round is the play. Um, it's a bit more lollipop, a bit more uh, crowd pleasing. But uh, to close off on the review, uh, a good one and recommend it. Very nice. Did we talk about another round last in the previous episode? One of the previous episodes, yes. Professor gave a nice review. I saw it subsequent to that, to when we talked about it last time. I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about it, but it's curious. I think it's a really great film. I think it's a really great film. And what a performance by Mads Mikkelsen. He's, He's just astonishing in it. And it's curious film in that it shifts tone and its attitude towards, you know, drinking and overindulging with alcohol just is so mercurial, I think. And then the ending, what a great ending. But, you know, is the ending a fantasy sequence? I, I couldn't work it out because it's, it, it just seems so, so kind of Hollywood and so much of the film is not that, you know. I was really surprised by that film and I can absolutely see it taking out the Oscar. What do you think of the price max of $1.91 at the moment? 157 now, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's shorter oh. now, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, yeah, it's too Pretty short. short. Yeah, mm. I, haven't, I haven't seen any of the other ones, but you, you've seen Collective, I think. Yeah, I really like Collective. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What have you been seeing, Tony? I've seen nothing. I've just been seeing the inside of my wallet get fatter and fatter. That's what I've been watching. <laughs> now let's get on to the Critics' <laughs> Choice Awards. March 7th, they were on March 8th in Australia. Sports bet's the only agency carrying the Critics' Choice Awards. There are film and television categories. There's both, but sports bet have stopped the TV categories for some reason. The Critics' Choice Awards are presented by the Critics' Choice Association, which are 250 TV, radio, and online critics. There's a lot of categories. There's a handful of decent correlations between winning a Critics' Choice Award and an Oscar. We'll go through those as we go through the categories. But being all critics, you can sort of expect these awards to lean away from the popular stuff and go towards the more arty, cerebral fare. Max, you're not agreeing or you are? No, no. From what I've read and from looking at uh, previous awards, that's exactly what I think it is. When we think of, oh, it's the critics, so they'll be going for, yeah, for more of the artier stuff, I don't think that's the case from what, how I read it, that it is, in fact, pretty populist and not not going to be an art, art film fest. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, I'll raise you on that claim uh, as we start with Best Picture and Nomadland, the artiest film of the lot, really, is very, very short at one thirty. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's too short. It's far too short. I think definitely both the trial of Chicago 7 and Minari, I think they've got shots. I think they've got uh, pretty good shots at $5.50 and $7. And at $1.30 for Critics' Choice, it's just too short for me. Yeah, it's a stay away at that price, $1.30, isn't it? And um, do we think that Nomadland's going to win everything from, from here to the Oscars? Especially taking out the Globes, I think that's, mm. yeah, the, uh, it's, it looks to be very unstoppable at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Would you lay on that? Would you, would you lay at one thirty? No, no. One thing, though, for uh, the correlation between Critics' Choice Best Picture and Oscar Best Picture, five of the last 10 years. Mm. So it's a 50-50 shot. Um, director, uh, six of the last 10 years, the winner of the Critics' Choice Director has gone on to win the Oscar. And Zhao, again, mm. the artiest film of the lot. Mm. So much for your theory, Max. 120. <laughs> <She's paid. laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a shutout. I think Zhao will take Best Director. I just don't know about Best Picture, but um, no, I don't think they'll go with Fincher or the director of Minari. I think, yeah, just give it to, to Chloe Zhao and she's going to, yeah, she's going to clean up all the way. Actor, seven of the last Critics' Choice winners have gone on to win the Oscar. And Bozeman is even shorter than Zhao at mm. 116. Mm. Riz Ahmed, 620. Hopkins at 950. He's fading, yeah. Maybe Hopkins has, has left the run too, too late uh, with The Father. I mean, the release of The Father in terms of, uh, I, I mean, that can be applied too to release really late, just released like a week before or two weeks before the Academy Award nominations. Will it possibly gain the momentum to catch up and surpass Bozeman? I, it, it seems really difficult. Yeah, I think I think there's two shutout categories at the moment, and that's best actor and, and best director, and that should be pretty consistent throughout most awards. Yeah, it's interesting the the, the campaign around Sound of Metal we, Riz is actually popping up in some media. Conversely, I haven't seen Anthony Hopkins in anything so far. Yeah, but it's like he it could be popping up, but you have to think of what needs to be done to beat Bozeman. You need you need something pretty amazing. You'll you'll need the best PR person on the planet, I think, to be able to to uh, eclipse Bozeman there. Or you know, if you can spread you know a couple of million dollars around Hollywood, and get there. actress six of the last ten have gone on to win the Oscar. Mulligan very short, one eighty, but still tasty enough for uh, a decent enough bet. McDormand at four. McDormand's ahead of Davis which is very interesting. She's at seven, and Andrea Day is shot up with a bullet to six. What are the chances of Andrea Day picking up the critics' choice? <laughs> what, how about that for a double at the Golden Globes? Critics well, maybe, <laughs> maybe everybody knows something we don't. Maybe we need to watch the film. But it's interesting how Viola Davis has just, like, dropped way, way back mm-hmm. where where she was she was leading for such a long time, wasn't she? That's right. Yeah. 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 Now, now she's at seven. Yeah, I, th- I think um, yeah, dollar eighty. Uh, it's it, it's okay, not enticing enough, particularly with what's happened now with the Globes. Uh, I've I've got a little bit of a mulligan into a futures Oscar Oscar bet, so I hope I hope she gets it. But um, yeah, not quite a dollar eighty for me. Supporting actor, eight of the last ten years, we've seen some correlation there. Daniel Kaluuya, one forty-five, and Odom Junior. Yeah, he's getting longer, four twenty-five. Paul Racy. At seven, I think there's something in that. 
I think that's that's worthwhile. I I might have a bit of a chat about that a bit later. I think. Yeah, agree with that one. Um, he hasn't got a lot of attention, Paul Racy, but um, I've had a futures play on him as well. It's some pretty lengthy odds for Oscar. Fully expect that Daniel Kaluuya will, will take it out, um, but yeah, one to watch out for there. Professor, have you seen uh, Sound of Metal? I have. It's a good one. And performances? Performances are strong. Performances are strong. Maybe not strong enough to to win any Oscars, but um, I think it's it's worth consideration if you want to get a bit of value. Mm, okay. Supporting actress. Here is an interesting one. Ten out of the last ten years, the winner of supporting actress critics' choice has gone on to win the supporting actress Oscar. And the favorite here, the very short favorite, Yoon Yoo Jung at one seventy. Uh, Bacalover at Bacalover at three fifty, far out. Safe read at seven. Do you think Bacalover will, will, will get in for this one? Overlook for Golden Globes? No, I don't think so. I think Yoon Yoo Jung is all over it. But that's a hell of a stat. Ten out of the last ten years goes on to win the Oscar, and she's paying four. I might follow that and and uh, add, add that in for a future play. Yeah, Yoon Yoo Jung is a really really well known actress in Korean cinema. She's like a kind of superstar or had been a superstar because she's been acting for 50 years or something. You know, I don't know how many of the uh, Critics' Choice critics know her work from Korean cinema uh, or know people that know her work. I mean, she's very highly regarded and there's a possibility that it could be seen as kind of like a, you know, a career legacy award as well for someone like this. Most people in, in the West probably have never seen her films before. It's just really an interesting one. I think it's an interesting one, and I, I think, mm. I think there's a, there's some momentum being built up here, and yeah. uh, I, I put some money on her for for the uh, Critics' Choice. Yeah, I agree with you there, Max. I, I think one of the best parts of the telecast of Golden Globes was the the Minari winner's speech, um, and that counts for a lot in in the campaign. It was very touching, so you know it plays well into um, into this category, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, not as touching as the Bozeman speech, though. Oh, no. Hopkins has no hope. Nothing can top that. <laughs> oh, it's it's very tough. It's very, very tough, yeah, when you've got something like that. Very well performed, I had to say. That speech was, was extremely well performed. Whether or not I, I felt anything, well, that's something else. Oh, he's such a cynic, Max. Hard man. Hard man. He was crapping on about you, Professor, not having a heart about Nomadland. And look at this behaviour <laughs> yeah, now. Oh, he, my yeah. word. He's counting his dollars. Tony, Tony, I always say there is a difference between sentiment and sentimentality. And that speech moved directly right to the end of sentimentality. There was no sentiment in that whatsoever, unlike Nomadland, which is all sentiment, all sentiment. Get in the van. (laughs) (laughs) Young actor, young actress. Uh, This is a very quaint uh, category they've got. (laughs) <laughs> Seems very antiquated, this kind of thing. But anyway, good on Helena Zengel from News of the World, 140 favourite. I think she's probably going to romp that in. Alan Kim from Minari, who's the uh, the young boy in it, at 350. Do they give them smaller awards, like like little little mini awards? Lollipop. <laughs> A lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, News of the World is an, an interesting one to watch generally. It's got all the Oscar ingredients, and um, I've made a – a very speculative play on that for best picture at the Oscars. 
what? <laughs> no, I jumped on too, Professor. I was with you. Just be, yeah. just a little taste because the odds. Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks yeah. and the film. Yeah, it was very well received. It just it doesn't have mm. it doesn't have any zip or pop about it. But it was a very mm. well made, well performed film. It's got a terrible title. What a terrible title! Like Paul Greengrass, he's good. Oh, yeah, true. Acting ensemble. Well, this is. Another lock of the night, Chicago 7 at one thirty. Minari at 5.50 is not too bad. The Minari love is rising. Mm. I think that is mm. probably worth considering. I'd, I'd throw a couple of dollars on Minari at 5.50. Yeah, no play for me, that one. Original screenplay. Eight of the last 10 years, winner of original screenplay has gone on to win the Oscar, which is a pretty good indicator. Promising young woman, very short. 185, hot on the heels, Chicago 7, 260. Why is that? What's going on? Professor, can you make a nice double there? Yeah. That's, uh, I, I don't understand it. Why is Promising Young Woman the favourite? Because they like the arty fair, mm. don't they, Max? Then Promising Young Woman is far more arty than uh, Chicago 7. Well, I, I just don't think it's going to go to Promising Young Woman. I, I think I'm, I'm going for Mank on this one. There's a bit of a long shot at $7.50. Yeah, for me, it's, it's all can play there, 260. Adapted screenplay. This has a very poor correlation for the last 10 years. I think it's going to change this year, though, with Nomadland at 137, Miami 575, Father 750. First Cow. Nice to see First Cow getting some love, mm. even though it's 15. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Max Wren, you were on the Nomad adapted screenplay train very early, and it looks to all be coming in nicely. Nomad land for this. And you're right about First Cow. I think, firstly, I don't think it's one of Kelly Reichardt's best films. I was lucky enough before seeing First Cow to watch all of the director, writer-director's films uh, in a space of about a week beforehand. And so it was a, a good preparation. And I, I felt First Cow was one of her weaker films, but uh, critics have really loved this film and it's always in their top ten of the films of the year. But uh, at 15, that's just far too long. And it, it'll, it'll, this will definitely go to Nomadland, definitely. Yeah, I'm just hoping that Chloe gives Terence Malick a call after this and gives him some screenwriting um, lessons and giving a bit of structure. So uh, that would be Nomadland to win that for that one. Another quaint category for the Critics' Choice Awards, comedy, because they have to be different. You can't have a comedy win Best Picture. You've got your own section comedy. You go in there. Borat, 137. Palm Springs, this has done far more than it deserves as far as I'm concerned. You've seen the film? I have. And uh, I remember reading some reviews prior to seeing it saying, oh, because the trailer just, yeah, looked like Groundhog Day, just exactly like Groundhog Day. And the reviews were saying, oh, it takes that premise and does something so much more. Nope, it's Groundhog Day. It's exactly, it's exactly the same as Groundhog Day. I didn't see anything different about it. It's fine and it's fun, but I don't think it's doing anything new at all with that format at all. How can it be Groundhog Day without one Mr. Bill Murray? Mr. Bill Murray is the, is, is the actor that makes Groundhog Day, I think, uh, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the great comedies of the last uh, 25 or so years. Well, it's Andy Sandberg, the next... Yeah, the next Bill Murray. No. <laughs> Fair call, Max. Yes. Agreed. Sorry, Professor. The third favourite in that uh, best comedy is, is the 40-year-old version. What's that? No, never heard of it either. But I tell you never what, Sofia Coppola is getting mm. shafted there. Mm. On the Rocks is definitely on the Rocks at 15. Mm. It's not a good film. It's not a good film. Speaking of Bill Murray. Yeah, well, apart from Mr. Bill Murray, there is nothing 
good about that film, unfortunately. Again, that is one that strays far, far too much into the area of, of sentimentality and it just kind of loses any any kind of emotional import, I think, uh, when Bill Murray is not on screen. When he's on screen, it sings. When he's off screen, uh, you know, I just fast forward. Wow, jeez. Uh, it's sad. It's sad because Sofia Coppola is such a great filmmaker, but this, for me, is is on par with her worst film. Foreign language film. This has a uh, a pretty poor correlation with the Oscar. Only five of the last ten years. Minari at one thirty, very short. Up against another round at six. That's got to be worth something. Six. Life ahead seven fifty. Uh, my boy La Llorona at eleven, <laughs> which I still haven't seen. What a Martin special. <laughs> Absolutely. I still haven't, no, but uh, I'm still betting on it and uh, Collective at 15. Maybe we should make a side bet if uh, La Llorona actually making it uh, into the nominees for the Oscars. It's nominated, yeah. I'll take that bet. I'll cover that. All right, what odds are you going to give me? I'll give you you $1.50 for that one. Nah, come on, a bit tastier than that. Come on. I need a bit more than that. No, I like it. I like it. I've got the algorithms, I tell you. Just a little something, and who knows what will happen. Yeah, another round at $6 value. Won't be something that I'll be participating in, but uh, worth a play, isn't it? Anything could happen. Yeah, I think it's a good long shot. Yep, for sure. Throw something on that one. Editing. Poor correlation here for the last 10 years. Uh, we've had the winner, Chicago 7, 140. Nomadland 330, that's very short, 140. Wow. Tenet. Oh, Tenet, bless. 12. <laughs> Sound of Metal, fifteen. I'm going against the favour on this one, and this is this is my value bet. Yeah, I'm just hoping that Tenant gets uh, gets nominated for a Razzie because it's an absolute stinker. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't don't have a view on, on this category. We're we're not in agreement with this one, Professor. I think uh, we've we've discussed this before, but uh, uh, Tenant, I think, is a is a great film. Has Tenant got anything for sound editing? Because you can't you can't really hear what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's all deliberate it's part part of the aesthetic soundtrack turned up to 11 it is absolute nonsense max time for rebuttal <laughs> all i can say is read the final chapter in tom Schoen's new book uh, on nolan and i think you'll be I, I think you might change your mind there professor do a little bit of reading that's what you normally do professors normally do a bit of reading take a read of that final chapter and then get back to me There's some homework for the professor. Very nice. Cinematography. Nice correlation here. Nine of the last ten have won the Oscar. Nomadland, very short, 142. Mank at four. Minari at 11. When are the the cinematography awards, the um, ASC? ASC or ACS? I always get them confused. I get them confused too. The ASC award nominations are out on March 10th, so next week. And the awards are just prior to the Oscars on April 18th. Definitely between Nomadland and, and, and Mank. But, um, yeah, Nomadland, take Yeah, Yeah, agree. Production design, good correlation here. Eight of the last 10 years. Mank, $1.30. Ma Rainey, five fifty. Emma, it's got a few. A few craft categories uh, nominations at seven. Tenet, oh, 15. There it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand Black Bottom at, at, at a, as a second favourite. It's one room. Yeah, what's doing? Yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, I, yeah, I think Mank is going to sweep this one. 
could be one of the only ones that wins. Screenplay, screenplay. It's hard to go up against a uh, like a costume drama like Emma though, and a David Copperfield. Ooh, they always do well at the Oscars. Visual effects. This has poor correlation for the last ten years of one. And finally, are we going to get to see a famous victory, Tenet? Professor, what do you think of that one? One thirty-six. Yeah, well, if you if you could watch the film and uh, turn the sound down, it might be a more enjoyable experience. So visual effects kind of make sense. <laughs> it's interesting with with Tenet. I mean, with all of of uh, Nolan's films, he does he does like kind of the practical component. And obviously, the big set piece in Tenet is is with the big jumbo jet that uh, plows into the the safe house, whatever it is. You know, the the safe room, safe museum of artifacts. I can't really remember what it is, but uh, that might win it for it. Just that one scene. And I see the Invisible Man getting some love. Five twenty-five. Lee Winnell. shot in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, it was shot in Sydney. I don't mind Mank either for visual effects at seventeen. I'm not sure I'd put money on it for the Critics' Choice, but just keep an eye on it for the Oscars. What's your justification there, Tony, for Mank? I've been running some numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a num. It's it's numbers, not the actual aesthetics of the, the film. Yes, no, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Well played. Original score: seven out of the last ten years, we've had a match. Soul, winner of the Golden Globe, now very short, one twenty-two for the Critics' Choice. Mank at four eighty-five. I thought at the Golden Globes, Atticus Ross's acceptance speech was absolutely hilarious. It was like he was at a funeral. I did like Trent Reznor's speech, saying this is the only piece of. Uh, Art that I've made that my children could watch, and right. ain't that the truth? Jesus, right. yes. <laughs> Original song, seven of the last ten. It's not a bad correlation with the Oscars. Speak now from One Night Miami is the fave at one thirty-seven. IOC yeah, is three eighty-five now. Fight for you, Judas and the Black Messiah eight. How about the uh, Eurovision film Husavik, my hometown? Oh, oh my God! If it gets nominated, it is shortlisted for original song. If it gets nominated. What will, will Will Ferrell be singing on stage at the Oscars? <laughs> oh, can't wait to see that. There is an irony in it if if, it, if that happens, though, right? It's, it's meant to be a bit of fun. But no, it was. It is not fun. It is not fun at all. I think twenty minutes was all I could stomach with that film. I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was enjoyable. Oh, Professor, what is wrong with you? Watched it in in, in hotel lockdown, and maybe it was just the tonic I needed. <laughs> junk, absolute junk. Costume design, eight of the last ten. That's not a bad marker. Mank, favourite, at 150. Ma Rainey, at 350. Emma, again, costume drama, six. Tony, what import do you think the black and white uh, cinematography has on some of these technical categories for Mank, like costume design, production design, and, and cinematography itself? Excellent question. No, I think it absolutely hurts it. Uh, it hurts categories like costume design and uh, production design cinematography oh my god helps so much people just love a lovely black and white film mm. but then the costumes no if you're up against something like emma mm. or up against something like promising young woman mm. just fluoro color candy color sort of stuff that pops oh you got no chance you can't tell what color it is it's all gray no. yeah mm. i think mank is uh I think Mank's in trouble there for costume design. I think Emma is mm. for the Oscar. I think Emma's a, a good bet or a good look when uh, whenever the odds come out for the Oscars for costume design. 
But having said that, I mean, like Mank is such an astonishingly good film in terms of its craft, uh, which, you know, Fincher has has such a control over what, what he's doing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's if it's going to count that much against the film, particularly when you're up against, you know, the the other nominees with, with Ma Rainey. Mm. And then finally, hair and makeup. Poor correlation here. Four out of the last ten. No good. Ma Rainey. Very short, 135. Hillbilly Elegy at five. I think this is getting, Hillbilly's getting far too much love in the award season than it deserves. I, I think that's not a bad bet at $5. Wait there, Tony, there's no um, best director uh, for Hillbilly Elegy, though, is there? No, of course not. I've looked. It didn't. What, what's going on there? What I don't understand. Well, well it's criminally overlooked as per usual. That's true. That's true. And that's it for the categories because Sportsbet has dumped comedy, drama series, limited series, and TV movie. So let's finish with our best bets of the week, our actions, family values. Max Wren, have you got any actions, family values this week? Well, it's a, it's a pretty personal one. I do have one. Hmm. As soon as I saw the film, I was struck by a number of things in, in Nomadland, as we've talked about before. But the one thing more than anything in terms of, of craft was its editing. I just think it is absolutely gangbusters in terms of the way that this film is cut. Whether or not its greatness will be perceived by the voters of the Critics' Choice Awards, I don't know. But at $3.30 as a personal favourite, I'm, I'm going to put some money on that. Professor, what about you? What have you got a, a best bet for the week? Yeah, so I think the Golden Globes really distort markets and there's an overreaction. So... Thanks very much for giving the award to Emma Corrin because now Gillian Anderson is outstanding value for the, the SAGs. Uh, so she's jumped from $2, $2.10 to $2.40. Whoa. That's another uh, a double down for me. I've got a, a four-unit recommendation for that. And I also like, like to look at the, the value of uh, the, the Korean actress that we spoke about in, in what is probably the toughest category uh, in supporting actress uh, in the lead up to the Oscars. I think $4, two-unit uh, recommendation there. And finally, then just with the critics' choice, uh, two units on Chicago 7. Uh, that $2.60 price feels wrong in comparison with you know, the love for Sorkin and what promising young woman has delivered so far. Well, I've got a bit of a value bet based around Sound of Metal. I've got a bit of a feeling with this film. It might do something similar to what Whiplash did a few years ago at the Oscars specifically. Now, Whiplash won Supporting Actor. It won Editing. And it won Sound Mixing at the Oscars. And I think it's not a bad trio of bets to be made for Sound of Metal as well. Supporting Actor, Paul Racy. He's at seven. I think the critics really like this performance. So I think that's worth a bet. Paul Racy at seven for the critics' choice. And then editing as well. There's no sound category for the critics' choice. But yeah, editing, sound of metal at 15. It's very, very long. Max doesn't like it because we're going against Nomad. Mm. But I just, yeah, a bit of a whiplash vibe. And perhaps it'll start at the Critics' Choice. I think my bets would be stronger for the Oscars. Once the Oscars come out, I would be willing to put a bit more on. But definitely Racy at seven, 
is worthwhile and editing 15 you know, just chuck a couple of bucks in it and see what happens worth a throw at the stumps why not well that's it thank you for listening thank you professor thank you tony good luck with the critics choice thank you max my pleasure tony thanks professor always good to talk to you even though you don't have a heart Mm-hmm. You, can find, you can find us on Twitter and the Facebooks at LCWT Action. Uh, if you're liking what you see or listening or hearing or tasting, well, good luck to you if you're tasting. Uh, go give us some reviews. Why not? Wherever you do that. By our next episode, the Critics' Choice Awards will have been won and lost. So we'll see how we did on those next week. There's a few different guilds giving their nominations this week too. A couple of sound guilds. Uh, there's been the Costume Designers Guild, the Annie Awards as well, the animated films. So that'll affect odds, no doubt, for the Oscars next week as well. Gamble responsibly, as always. And as always, always, it's a thrill to be nominated, but it's even better to be compensated. <laughs>